0: Before we jump into the first episode of the Play Action Pod, I thought I'd give a quick introduction. My name is Brendan Hogue. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Joining me will be Brock Bunkel. He's not with me quite yet. He's gonna be with me later when we start recording this first episode. But I mean, we're both from Salt Lake City. We love college football. And we we've been wanting to do a podcast for months now, but we, we finally pulled the trigger, decided to start recording one today. And I think we're we're going to crank out two episodes every week, one on Wednesday, one on Sunday. Wednesdays are going to be more of a preview for the week, let you know the best games to tune into, as well as our predictions. We'll cover hot topics and come up with some segments. I know that Brock has one planned out for us today that I'm really excited about. Sundays, more of a recap day, let you know what we saw, what you might have missed, any significant events, injuries. You name it, we got you covered here at the Play Action Pod. Anyways, today's topics we're going to be discussing the preseason AP Top 25, our thoughts on that. And then Brock's segment that he's got planned is called Who's Back and Who's Whack. We'll be talking about teams with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of question marks heading into the season, like USC and Texas, big headlines during the offseason. We'll also be talking about the big games for this weekend, our predictions for those games along with our predictions for the college football playoff and Heisman. I know it's pretty early for that, but we're going to be discussing that. And all right, I think I think that's good for an introduction. Let's, let's just jump right into this first episode. We are so grateful. If we have any viewers, we probably have zero listeners, but that's okay. We decided to do this podcast because we are really passionate about college football. We love talking about it. But anyways, let's, let's jump in to the first episode. First topic of the day, preseason AP top 25. What are your thoughts on the preseason poll, Brock?
1: Man, um, you really can't take much from this poll. Like, it's kind of more of just a project, projection of what people think the season's going to look like because, you know, nobody's played it down with football. Nobody's even lined up yet. We really don't know how good stuff, I guarantee most of these teams, well, not most of these teams, but there will be like five or ten of these teams who end the season unranked. And have a bad season, so you really can't take much from it. But you know, obviously, you got Alabama at the top. I think Alabama, top to bottom, is probably the best team in college
0: football. Yep. Do you think of it? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we got Bryce Young returning. We got a deep, good defensive core. Who's that defender?
1: Will Anderson. Yeah, good.
0: Will Anderson. I think he's got a run for the Heisman this year. Absolutely. Number two, Ohio State. We got C.J. Stroud coming back. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's going to be the top receiver this year.
1: Yeah, those are those are definitely the two favorites. Yeah. I think it's kind of Alabama and then Ohio State and then probably, like, a decent-sized gap for the next teams. Ohio State just got so much talent, man. They got, yeah. you know, obviously they got CJ they got, you know, JSN, but I'm more excited to see kind of, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, obviously um, son of great Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he does this year, and, you know, they got some other studs. Um, yeah, they
0: have a lot of depth. I mean, everyone's talking about Stroud and Njigba, but, I mean, there's other players like Harrison
1: dude yeah Trayvon Henderson is another one you know I think he's gonna have a good year so we'll kind of see what Ohio State turns out to be but I think Ohio State their biggest problem was defense last year if they can get right on the
0: defensive end then that team is gonna gonna that team is gonna be scary absolutely and number three we got Georgia national champions last year they dropped to number three after I mean, winning the national championship, was pretty rare, I feel like. Opening game against Oregon, that'll be a test for them. We'll cover on that later. What do you think about Georgia this year?
1: Man, they just, I think they just lost so much, you know. They had all that talent go to the NFL, and rightly so. I think it's just, we don't really know what to expect from Georgia yet. You know, they obviously still have some dogs on that defense. Absolutely. Um, Jalen Carter is going to be a top 10 pick probably in the next um, 2023 draft. hmm and then you know Kaylee Ringo, same way. You know he's a stud on the outside. It's just kind of you know what else like who's going to fill those roles? Yeah. You know all those dogs that left. You know Jordan Davis. Yeah.
0: You know. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Trayvon Walker, like. I think dogs. they they seem to just bring in some defensive dogs though. Every I think Kirby yeah. Smart does a great job at that program.
1: He he has really done a really good job at, uh-huh. at Georgia. So I'm I'm not too worried about what Georgia will look like. I think it's just kind of just finally seeing what all these players look like in the system. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sure. I think, yeah, I think Georgia has potential to be scary good. Obviously, well, you know. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll cover powers. more. We'll cover more about our predictions on the playoffs as far as like if we think there's going to be two SEC teams in it this year. But Clemson at four, I mean, they climbed up the ladder a little bit. They got the home opener against Georgia Tech. What, what do you think? What do you see from Davo Sweeney this year? Man,
1: he's got to I wouldn't say last year was a disappointing year, but by Clemson standards, it was definitely disappointing.
0: absolutely. Like
1: they got to be in the playoff every single year. That's a standard at Clemson, so I guess we'll kind of see what they can do to kind of get back up mm-hmm. there, but I think, you know, a team that I'm really interested in right now is Texas a and
0: Oh, yeah, for Texas. sure. I mean, what was their recruiting class this year? It was it's number one. Number the best one. In the nation, so. Best in the nation. We'll see. I mean, they beat Bama last year, and I mean, they could really crack things open for the SEC if, if they take care of business with their schedule. Oh, yeah,
1: and, you know, they're going to have some challenges. I know everyone's got that. Circled on their calendar. Oh yeah, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Texas A&M gives us. You know, obviously out west, Utah is the big favorite. Uh huh. Um,
0: I could see them making a. I could see them making a playoff run. I
1: think I can, I can see it as well. I think with Utah, it's gonna be they gotta be perfect. Yeah. They, they can't lose. You know, I was looking at the last three seasons for Utah, or the last three like big seasons, 2018, 2019, and 2021, and every season they had that one game that they dropped. That yeah. They shouldn't. So, I mean, it's tough
0: coming from a conference like the Pac-12. I mean, you literally have to be perfect with those strength of schedule. It's
1: the conference of cannibalism, man. There's always, you know, those teams that come to
0: yeah. play on that. And they get, the, they get the chance to prove I mean, they got the opener against Florida in the Swamp. Gonna That's the, We're going to cover on that later for sure. And we're, we're actually going to that, game. Game. We're going to that we're game. game. We're going to that game. So we're going to dive deep into the Utes going to Gainesville. Um, we got Michigan at 8, Oklahoma. They yeah,
1: got some big 12 teams, you know, coming yep. Oklahoma and Baylor are probably going to be the two front runners except Oklahoma State isn't far behind. Yeah. I think Baylor's probably the best out of all those three. I, I
0: agree. I I, I think Baylor's going to win the Big 12 this year. I think
1: Baylor's probably the There's best.
0: There's a lot best. of question marks from Oklahoma. I mean, involving like Lincoln Riley leaving. Oh,
1: yeah. Brett Venables comes in. You know, yeah. we'll see what he can do for Oklahoma.
0: But,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I think Baylor's probably would probably be my pick to win that conference. A lot of head coaches. A lot
0: of new head coaches. Yeah, we're, gonna new gonna have, head we're gonna We're going to have coaches. to talk about that. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if the teams can you know transition with these big changes exactly no
1: yeah and then you know right behind those teams you got oregon you got oregon new head coach and dan Lanning. yep um, kind
0: of A has huge to... huge season opener for them oh yeah versus georgia
1: he plays his old
0: team in georgia man. yeah dan land like yeah he's defensive coordinator at georgia they're going to be playing at the mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta for the first game we'll cover on that later for sure
1: yeah, and then as like, you kind of, you know, kind of go down the list. You see some more, you know, Big Ten teams, SEC teams. I think that the other one that kind of interests me the most is Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, yeah. coming off that playoff season, they all They
0: dropped, lost, like, like, what did they drop? 19 spots. Yeah. They're fourth in the country, made the playoff. They had a special team last year, but that was kind of the year that they had to make something happen yeah, yeah. with that quarterback. I mean, it's pretty rare to have someone like that come around.
1: Yeah, Desmond Ritter, you know, he obviously propelled the Cincinnati team up there, so... We'll see what they can do. You know, they got a lot of holes that they got to, you know, fill. So we'll kind of see where Cincinnati ends up. But we kind
0: of skipped over 14 USC. Do you think they're oh. – they, they got a lot of question marks. Do you think that they're ranked too high, ranked too low? How do you feel about USC? Yeah,
1: we got that whole USC. <laughs> that we'll talk about.
0: Yeah, we have a whole segment just for um, USC. We'll I cover them right. I think 14
1: is a good spot for them, right? Yeah. Because, um, you know, we just don't really know what
0: USC is going to yeah. do this year. Obviously, have the, the home opener against Rice, but then week two, they'll play Stanford on the road. That'll be that'll be the test for them, I think. Yeah. Their first test, at least.
1: Yeah, because you know Stanford's, you know it's an interesting place to play because you know usually that stadium is empty. No offense, Stanford, <laughs> but
0: you guys can't fill it for some reason. Maybe Tanner McKee will be the guy that yeah.
1: kind of get your fans back in there. But USC's gonna be an interesting team this year, and I think one that we will definitely follow.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting looking down the line. I think that the AP Top Twenty Five is, is pretty accurate, from my, in in my opinion. I mean, I've, obviously you stated earlier you can't really take much from just just an off season, but I I like it from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, I think I think maybe the one team that people can maybe have an argument for is Texas. Yeah. Um. They obviously had a really good, um, recruiting class. Yeah, they had a top five recruiting class. And then, um, they got some transfers in, especially you mm-hmm. from the yep. State. So I think Texas maybe could have slid in there, but other than that, like the preseason poll is kind of just like the baseline. It doesn't really yeah. mean too
0: much. So that is um, true. And that that kind of lead Texas kinda of leads us into our next set, segment. Or we're, we're gonna cover USC first, but who's back and who's whack? This is a segment that Brock came up with. I think I it's hilarious. Super that. clear. Yeah. Who's back and who's whack? And we're gonna start with USC. Obviously, stra- stacked transfers coming in. Along with Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, top three quarterback in the country. What do you think?
1: Man, USC. There is so many question marks with USC, and it's not because of talent that they have. It's just we don't know. We
0: literally do not know what to expect from this team. Are they going to be top five? Are they going to lose one of the, one of the first two games? Like who knows?
1: Yeah, I just I just can't. I don't know how good this USC team is going to be. On paper, this USC team should be. Yeah, you know, Caleb Williams is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. You know, Jordan Addison, Blindkoff winner last year, best wide receiver in the nation. You know, you're going to expect more production out of Addison with, you know, I would say an upgraded quarterback. You know, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's good, you know, NFL quarterback. Yeah. I think Caleb Williams is probably going to be better than him.
0: And he will emphasize that, Jordan Addison. And he's not the only transfer. I mean, Mario Williams comes from Oklahoma as well, along with running back Travis Dye. These guys have weapons. Oh, yeah. They are scary. But you just never know because there were so many – Question marks on a team that only had four wins last season
1: Yeah, it's like if you look at USC and why they've been down in the past, you know a couple years It's never been talent, you know, they've always had talent on you know the perimeters in the wide receiver area In their running backs, you know, it's never been talent So it's like what has it been? I think it's been you know at the line of scrimmage. I don't think Mm -hmm. they've really Handled the line of scrimmage too well. So we'll see if they have made improvements on the line and the D line But, um, no, yeah, you look at all those names on that team, the USC team. Yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be something
0: this year. And I'm looking ahead to week two at Stanford on ABC. I mean, this, this could be a loss that could shake things up for a team with really high expectations.
1: No, yeah. Stanford's an interesting one. You know, Stanford obviously knocked off Oregon last year and kind of derailed their season a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the game that stands out to me a little bit more is Oregon State.
0: On the road, right? In Corvallis? They got to travel up to
1: Corvallis and play them up in, um. Uh, up at Oregon State. Yep. But the big stat with Oregon State that stands out to me is they were six and zero.
0: Six and zero at home,
1: including the win over um, the pac champions, you know Utah. Yep. So, you know, let's see. Maybe Oregon State, maybe you know, upsets USC in that one. I think that's a game that stands out to me. Oh, well, how do you
0: feel about how do you feel about USC at Stanford? You think USC is just going to run them over or what?
1: I, I Stanford's another team. You know, they just got a lot of questions. Yeah. Tanner McKee. Is supposed to take a huge step forward, so we'll kind of see what Stanford looks like. You know, I'm I've always been a big fan of their coach, um, David Shaw. Yeah, agreed. Always been, I've always been a fan of Shaw. Uh-huh. He's done a great job at Stanford, but Stanford has definitely you know dipped a little bit. You know, maybe this is the year that yeah. he kind of gets them going again. But um,
0: I think I think if USC like takes care of business the first six weeks, like they should. I mean, they're probably going to be the favorites for these first six games. They're going to travel to Salt Lake City, and if Utah beats Florida this weekend and takes care of business as well, we could see a potential Week 7 undefeated brawl in Salt Lake City. That would be one of the games of the year. I mean...
1: no, oh, yeah. That would be... That's obviously the game that one has circled. And if you look at USC's path, you know, they got Rice at home, Fresno State mm-hmm. at home, Arizona State at home, Washington State at home. Like, you know, those two road games are going to be the two probably big tests for them. hmm but I think USC should 100 percent be six and You think they will? That game, I think they will be. Wow. Um Utah, I think if Utah takes care of business at Florida, I think they have the chance to run the table as well. I think Utah's got a tough one. We were talking about uh-huh. it earlier with yeah. UCLA. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Um, on the UCLA's,
1: road, UCLA is just a vet veteran team, and you know, with that game being the week before USC, I can mm. see Utah maybe slipping. And up
0: Utah more. going into that week seven game, they don't have any bias. It's Yep. We're concerned about the health of that team. I mean, but let's let's go back to the, the question on the table. Do you think, is USC back or are they whack?
1: This is, a, again, a, it's just a tough one for me. I think USC being back means USC is competing for national It really depends. Like, what is your definition of back?
0: Are think, they a playoff team? Or are they a New Year's Six bowl game or what?
1: I think winning the Pac-12 and going to the Rose Bowl isn't USC back. You know? Yeah. Like,
0: they have, they, they're a brand. They have high expectations for that program, especially bringing in Lincoln Riley with that contract.
1: Yeah, they've got to be competing for national championships. Even like when they were down a couple years ago with Sam Darnold, um, they still went to the national yeah. championship won it, and then, you know, went to the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, I think USC being back, they have to compete for national championships. Um, will that be this season? I don't think so. I think they will lose a couple games. You think
0: they're, they're like shooting. a three or four loss team?
1: I think they're more – I think they're probably – three would be the floor for me. Yeah. But I, I could definitely see, you know, Notre Dame beating them.
0: Yeah. And then obviously I could see them Yeah, I them. think that's is that big. that's a season closer at home against Notre Dame. Yeah. So yeah, and Notre Dame is a team we will cover later because, I mean, they have a tough schedule as well.
1: They do. They got, they got some dog on their yeah. schedule. But, yeah, USC, you know, I could see them. I think if USC finished 10-2, and two, I think they'd be really happy about that. Yeah. I think that's a really good season for USC because, you know, depending on how the Pac 12 kind of shapes out, they could still be in that Pac 12 championship, game, mm-hmm. you know, playing for. Yeah, with the
0: new, there's the new structure for the Pac 12 championship. Yep. Yeah. So it's not region, it's not South. There's no, it's none of that. It's it's top two teams play each other in the championship.
1: So, yeah, And if you. If it could be a Utah, those, I think, do you think it's
0: going to be a Utah USC in the Pac 12 championship? It,
1: it could, it could easily be a rematch of yeah. those two teams. Huh? Um, and I think USC would be really. I think
0: you would be proud of that season. Yeah, when absolutely. In year
1: one, Obviously, it's not where you want to be. There's, a, like, yeah, there's a
0: lot of hype for this uh, team. There's a lot of expectation for USC. Oh a yeah. lot of pressure on their shoulders. For me, personally, I think they're back, but I'm, I don't think they're necessarily a playoff team yet. I think a possible New Year's Six Bowl game, Definitely. that depends, I mean, if they win the Pac-12 championship, obviously. Definitely. With two losses, though, I think they're a Rose Bowl team. But if Utah, Oregon sneaks in the playoff, they they could they could be in the Rose Bowl. I mean, with easily two or three losses, absolutely easily.
1: So, yeah, but yeah, USC is gonna be solid. It's gonna be interesting to see kind of like how their um, season pans out. But I think the next one is the one
0: that I'm really excited. to Yeah. Talk about. Oh, and, uh, oh, transition to the Big Twelve. Transition. To the yeah, Big 12. transition to the Big Twelve. We're gonna talk about Texas. Are they back or are they whack? Five and seven last year, including a home loss to Kansas. What do you think about this new, new transfer from Ohio State who played behind C.J. Stroud?
1: Um, when they got Quinn Ewers up at Ohio State, I remember um, a lot of people were like, this dude is gonna go um, hand in hand, and he's gonna you know, compete with Stroud. Eventually ended up losing the position, decided to transfer. I think Texas has, a, you know, I think they got a quarterback. I think Ewers is going to be really good for them, mm-hmm. and I think you know you'll see that hopefully early in their schedule because yeah. they obviously got that week two game. Yeah,
0: week two game. We we have it circled on our calendar. It'll be Bama on the road. That'll yeah. that that's our first challenge. I mean, they got UL Monroe, but Bama on the road. That that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one on Fox, no, ten a.m. That's
1: that's gonna be a good game, and that's really gonna be. The challenge for Texas, you know, we're gonna really learn a lot about this Texas football team. Um, like you said, they they should fly through Louisiana Monroe. No disrespect, there, but mm-hmm. they're just not, they're not the <laughs> level.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that Alabama game looks. And
0: the, and the top five recruiting class can't forget about that. Oh, I mean, yeah. they got some dogs coming in. Like
1: they have, the recruits are not a problem for Texas. You know,
0: so it's are you? Are you saying much. the Longhorns? They're back.
1: I, I just don't. I don't think. I think texas is the same way as usc i think for texas to be back they got to be competing for national yeah. championships they can't just be winning the big 12.
0: The, the big 12 is super competitive this year i mean they got baylor on their schedule oklahoma oklahoma state but i know you mentioned earlier that those tough games are at home so they do have somewhat of an advantage this is the year that they can really prove themselves
1: no yeah so they obviously got you know the red river rivalry with oklahoma mm-hmm. that's gonna be a neutral site they do travel to Oklahoma State, but they got Baylor at home. They got Alabama at home.
0: Yeah. Like, a really they, good Baylor team.
1: If they can take care of business at home, Texas, you know, could sneak in to make yeah. one of
0: those New York City. I don't know about you, but I got, I got the Bears. I got the Bears winning the, the Big got, 12 this year.
1: Yeah, I think I think Baylor's probably definitely the favorite. I think yeah. it's between them and Oklahoma. Because, you know, I just think Oklahoma, you know, on our new coach,
0: on our new staff. You know, we Yeah, gotta see, they still just find a way to win football games. They
1: do. You know, Oklahoma's.
0: So what are your thoughts on Texas? You think I see them personally, I see them as a six to seven win team this year. I don't don't say they're necessarily back. I just think that there's obviously going to be improvement from last year. I think that they will become bowl eligible, but I just can't see them making any noise in the big 12 this year with how competitive it is.
1: I think Texas ceiling is definitely maybe like 10 wins. Um, I think their floor is like you're saying six and six, Uh, They you know, yeah. Alabama's gonna be a tough one. Oklahoma's yeah. gonna be a tough one. You know, Oklahoma State's tough. It's just a really competitive league. It really is. You know Even
0: like cool. teams like Ohio State and TCU.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. So it's just a tough conference. So we'll kind of see, you know, how that fares for
0: Texas. Absolutely, and I think we're gonna transition into our next topic: games to watch this weekend, week one, starting with number five, Notre Dame. At number two, Ohio State, Saturday on ABC, 7.30 Eastern Time. Game is in Columbus. Ohio State is a 17.5-point favorite against the number five team in the country. Ohio State, 11-2 and last year, 8-1 and in conference. Last regular season, lost to Michigan, kind of preventing them from making the playoff. Obviously won a great bowl game against Utah, and I think they have the best offense in the country this year. What are your thoughts on Ohio State? Yeah,
1: yeah. Ohio State's biggest problem probably is going to be, well I guess two big problems. They got to replace Olave and they got to replace Garrett Wilson. You know, those two were studs for them last year and you kind of got a glimpse of their offense in the Rose Bowl without those two. So I think that they will be able to, you know, um, take that step forward with um, the two young receivers that they got in, um, Fleming and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh-huh. So we to see and Marvin,
0: Marvin Harrison Jr., he had three oh, touchdowns yeah. in the Rose Bowl. I mean, yeah, we really the, got a glimpse of how good this Ohio State team is, even with just, I mean, I think Njigba was the third string at that point, wide receiver.
1: No, oh, yeah. So replacing that production is going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. If they can get um, the two stars replaced, I think Ohio State has a chance to really make a run for it all. Mm-hmm. And then I think on the defensive side, they got to be a little bit more stout. Um, I know they had couple games last year where they kind of gave up a lot of points you know Michigan I think they gave up 42 -hmm. and then obviously you know they gave up 45 to Utah
0: yeah there's just there's a lot of question marks on that defense that's going to be kind of the determining factor if this is a championship worthy team I mean I know they have CJ Stroud who is potentially the best quarterback in the country you think you think he's better than Bryce Young you think he's going to give him a run for his money for the Heisman or what
1: man when you talk about Stroud and you talk about Young that's just one A and one B you know I think they're going to flip up all throughout the season. Um, I'm a big Stroud guy. I've, yeah. I'm watching him kind of tear apart Utah's defense. <laughs>
0: something and else. us, yeah, and us from Salt Lake City, I mean, we are Utah Utes fans. We're going to kind of, kind of try to keep the bias out of this. But we watched C.J. Stroud absolutely light up our team oh, man, so in the nice. Rose Bowl, along with Njigba putting up video game numbers. I mean, back to Stroud. This dude has a cannon. He's precise. He is the favorite to win the Heisman this year over Bryce Young. He had over 4,400 yards last year, fifth in college football, 44 touchdowns on only six interceptions. He is the real deal.
1: I'd say I would like to see Stroud, you know, maybe sneak over like 4,500 yards, yeah. maybe get like over 50 touchdowns and keep those interception numbers low, maybe like under five. But, yeah, Stroud's the real deal. I think you know Smith and Jigba. Yeah, thing. I think
0: it's I think that's deal. the best duo in the country right now. Oh, Is yeah. or of this year, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he's the best receiver in college football.
1: I'd say I think Fox, um, college football had a graphic of who's better yeah. between Smith and Jigba and Stroud, and then Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. I'm yeah, like, come on, it's not. It's really, yeah. I don't think
0: it's we, close. We we saw evidence of that in the rose bowl i mean yeah. dude had 15 receptions on 347 yards most receptions in ohio state history and most yards in a bowl game ever any bowl game ever
1: their, their
0: chemistry was unreal that day. it was i mean i was there i was okay. i was there live and i got to watch it yeah. watch them destroy my team anyways let's 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 talk about notre dame a little bit finished 11 and 2 last year lost to oklahoma state in the fiesta bowl they're fifth in the country this year Kind of bouncing back with the new head coach, Marcus Freeman, following the departure of Brian Kelly, who went to LSU. Why do you think the fifth team in the country is picked to lose by seventeen and a half in this in this opening game?
1: That was one of the lines that stood out to me. You know, this is a top five matchup. You know, you got the number two team going against the number five team. Why is the line seventeen and a half? And I think I think it's respect to how hard it is to play in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Know, not a lot of teams go to Columbus and win football games. I think Oregon it was really impressive what they did last year, going to Columbus and winning. But I think, you know, I think this line is so high because you know we're expecting Ohio State yeah. to be that much better. than Yeah, lot of people to, um, this year. I think Notre Dame has a question mark at QB. Mm-hmm. I think you know they they're going to need their guy to step up there. Um, and
0: I know I know that we, before we started recording, you showed me a clip of Marcus Freeman and his interview. Oh, about yeah. hearing the news about the seventeen and a half line. He's just he's just gonna use that as motivation for his team.
1: No, yeah. Um and if I was if I was on that football team, I would use that as motivation. Absolutely. They're definitely, you know, sleeping on, you know, your football team. And don't get me wrong, Notre Dame has some studs in mm-hmm. their team, you know, their tight end, um, Michael Meyer, you know, it's our evil that he's the best tight end in college football. I know he's right up there with Brock yeah. Powers from Georgia. So, you know, we just kinda we gotta see, you know, Tyler Buckner, their head, their um, quarterback. We're gonna mm-hmm. have to see him, you know, make plays. And we're just,
0: yeah, we're just gonna have to see how this team is gonna trans transition into having like a new head coach. I mean, and that's across the whole board. There's a lot of teams with new head coaches oh, yeah. that we're gonna see from this year.
1: And losing, you know, stud safety Kyle Hamilton, who was kind of like the heart and soul of that defense, they did replace him with All American Brandon Joseph. So we'll kind of. You know he'll kind of fill that gap a little bit, but you know we just need to we need to see more from this Notre Dame team to mm-hmm. kind of really you know put some respect on there. Yeah, name. and they got the schedule to do it. They they can easily run the table and be a playoff team. But I just want to see I want to see what the Notre Dame team is going to be made of, and I think that's why the line is so large in favor of Ohio State.
0: Exactly. As so, what's what's your prediction? Who's who's winning this dog fight? Ohio State, Notre Dame.
1: I'd say early early doors. You know, this is the kind of this is the kind of games you want to see, you know, you wanna see Notre yeah. Dame challenge himself going to Columbus and playing Ohio State. I just think week one, new head coach, new staff, it might just be a little bit too much for a yeah. task for them. Um, I'm going Ohio State.
0: Especially in Columbus. In Columbus. I mean trusted. although Ohio State did lose last year to Oregon in Columbus, was that yes. the season opener? Was, it was that was I think that was week two. Right? Week two. It
1: was so I don't know. I'm just. So I mean,
0: it's definitely them. not a lot. We've seen Ohio State lose at home early to a non-conference team.
1: Definitely, yeah. So we know it can be done, but I'm just, I'm just trusting in Stroud. I'm trusting yeah. in JSN. I'm trusting in these young, I guess, even kind of upperclassmen wide receivers. That I agree. Kind of be the difference in that game, and I think it's gonna be a high-scoring one.
0: Do you think they'll cover the spread, 17 and
1: a half? I think they will cover. Oh, wow. I think we're looking at maybe like I'm gonna say 45. I'm gonna say 45 to 28. Mm-hmm. You no, know? so I guess no, they don't cover because it it's less seven yeah. and a half. So I think just barely under.
0: But a high scoring game, high obviously. Scoring game yeah, sure. absolutely. I think Ohio State's offense is just too overwhelming. I do not see Notre Dame winning this game. I mean, it's gonna take some time for them to get used to having a new head coach in town. I think that Ohio State wins by two touchdowns. So I don't think they necessarily cover the spread just because of what happened last year in Columbus. But I do see Ohio State winning this game on ABC, 7.30 Eastern Time on Saturday. Another game to look out for this Saturday is Oregon at Georgia. Well, I guess it's technically, technically not at Georgia. It's a neutral site. 3.30 Eastern Time on ABC. It's at the Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Georgia's picked by 17, another high line for a ranked 11 Oregon team. What should people expect from Bo Nix, Dan Lanning, and this Oregon team?
1: Honestly, I don't, really, I don't really know what to expect from this Oregon team. You know, like, they kind of lost. You know, obviously Anthony Brown's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Dye went to USC. So, you know, new quarterback. You know, not necessarily new running back. He was in the uh, program last year. But he's going to get more of a role this year. So... I guess it's kind of what is Dan Lanning going to do with this mm-hmm. with Oregon offense? You know, is he going to give the keys to Bo Nix and kind of let him do his thing? I'm still skeptical on Bo Nix. You know, he's been yeah. he's been around for Auburn for the last couple of years, and I don't he hasn't really impressed me very much. So we'll kind of see what he can do, you know, in a new system. Yeah, I mean, he
0: does come from the SEC, so he is used to playing teams like playing, Georgia. Yeah, playing in the SEC country. Playing in an SEC country, so. it is a different animal.
1: But yeah, so Bonex has to be able to um, navigate this offense um, better than what he's doing in Auburn against stiffer stiffer comf- uh, competition, so we'll kind of see what he can do there. Mm-hmm. But I think the big factor for this Oregon team is going to be that defense. Yeah. Because, you know, you got the two stud linebackers and Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. You know, Justin Flo was injured all last season. Let's see what he can do if he gets a healthy year under his belt. But I think this Georgia defense, or this Oregon defense, my bad, is legit.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and Oregon yeah. never fails to just bring in talent through the program. That is not going to be the question of this team this year. It's just going to be, is it going to be enough to beat a team like Georgia, especially on week one? And let's actually transition into Georgia. Um, how do you feel about that team? I mean, re- returning national champions.
1: Man, if you look at that defense last year, you are talking about, probably one of the best defenses of all time. Mm-hmm. all I think they had fifteen players drafted in total and the majority was from <laughs> Big that biggest. defense, man. That's just unreal. But yeah. you know, for Georgia they gotta fill they gotta fill those holes now. You know, they got a lot of players that have now left in the NFL, they gotta fill those holes. And what better way to do it than you know potential top ten, maybe even top five pick in, you know, Jalen Carter, who's gonna be disrupting right up the middle um, for that Georgia defense. And on the outside, on the boundary, you know, you're going to have Kaylee, um, Keeley Ringo, who's going to hopefully be locking down, you know, receivers for you. So those are the two, probably, guys to watch out for for this defense. But, you know, we got to see what Kirby Smart can do, yep. replacing the defensive coordinator and then filling the holes for this Georgia defense.
0: Yeah, Kirby Smart, he knows how to win some football games. I do not doubt that he will scrap a game plan together to beat this Oregon team, especially in Atlanta that's basically probably going to be at least 90% Georgia fans
1: easy, easy home
0: game easy home game I know it's a neutral site but still easy home game for Georgia who do you got going into this game
1: um man I don't think that they will cover um the line of 17. yeah 17 oh.
0: that's, that's a bit of a stretch
1: because I think this is going to be a low scoring game I don't think this is going to be the the exciting you know, non-stop scoring game that Notre Dame and Ohio State yeah. will be in the morning uh-huh. So I think this is gonna be a little bit closer of a game. I think you know Stetson Bennett with his experience and his two stud tight ends In Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert. I think they're gonna be just a little bit too much for Oregon. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with like a like a 28, maybe like a 28-14, so they don't necessarily cover.
0: Yeah. But a
1: little bit still closer. like a
0: two score game. Mm-hmm.
1: Two score game. Yeah. More defensive. More defensive game.
0: Not as high scoring. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a, more of a, a low scoring game, obviously compared to the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. But I don't know. I think Oregon keeps it close. I mean, they do produce talent, but I just think Georgia is is just going to be too overwhelming for them, especially for an Oregon team who's got new head coach coming in, new quarterback. They're going to have to get used to that system. So I, I, just, I just see Georgia winning this game by at least a touchdown or if not 10 points. Okay, let's move into another Pac-12 versus SEC game in week one that we are specifically excited about because we're actually making the flight, going out to Gainesville to watch number seven, Utah take on Florida in the swamp on ESPN, 7 Eastern time. Utah's a three-point favorite. It's going to be a packed opener in the swamp. Um, I don't know. Florida owns the nation's longest acting winning streak in home openers with 32 in a row. That is crazy. I mean, it was 1989 was the last time that they lost. It was Ole Miss 24-19. But I don't know. Do do you think the Utes are going to come in and shake up that streak?
1: Man, as a Utah fan, this is such an exciting game for this program. You know, I remember back in 2008 when we had that special season, we Mm -hmm. opened up with Michigan in the big house and shocked them up there. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple times later, we had the home-and-home with Michigan. Same thing, you know, beat them both times. This just feels like another one of those special Utah seasons that we're putting together. And the Utah fan in me really thinks that Utah can go into a hostile territory in the swamp and Yeah. Get the job. Done. How, do you,
0: how do you expect the envir- environment to be like in the swamp Saturday night? And how, how do you think the Utes will be able to handle being in like SEC territory?
1: Man, you would think with all of the talk that the Florida fans are giving me that we're actually playing humidity and not Florida. Because <laughs> they talk about humidity so, so much. Oh, man. And I know it's going to be a factor down there, but I just think I think Utah, I think this Utah team is ready for yep. a challenge like this, you know. They're Absolutely. coming off that game against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, which I think they really learned a lot about themselves. And I think this is going to be the game that they put it all together yeah go down in florida and get a massive massive
0: win. absolutely and we're gonna try to stay away from the bias i know I, I know that we're ute fans but i think florida is unranked just because i mean they were six and seven last year two and six in conference had a loss to ucf in their bowl game however they have a new head coach this year billy napier obviously his first year as a florida head coach he came from Louis- louisiana he's the head coach there the last two seasons they only had one loss each year. He definitely knows how to win football games. Definitely. However, it's a different, it's a transition from the Sun Belt to the SEC. It's a whole different animal, and I mean one, only one of those wins was against a Power Five school, and none of those being a top twenty-five school. And he actually he was the Arizona State offensive coordinator back in 2017 before he was the head coach at Louisiana, and it was that was a team that whooped up on Utah in Salt Lake City. Thirty to ten. What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, yeah, Billy Napier. I think I think Florida fans would be really really excited about Billy Napier. I think um, you know they obviously have the falling out with Dan Mullen, but I think Billy Napier is going to be the guy that kind of gets Florida back where they want to be, and that's you know competing for the SEC championship mm-hmm. and obviously national championships because that's the level of this Florida program. But I think I think they got a lot to be excited about. You know, Anthony Richardson is going to be a Heisman you know contender. I think mm. um, he's a dual this anthony richardson let
0: me let me catch up to speed with him dual threat quarterback extremely athletic he's six foot four 240 pounds he ran a 4.4 40 yard dash over the summer and coach whittingham coach for, head coach for utah compared him to cam newton in his pre- Man, press what, conference yesterday
1: what 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 kind of praise is that i know comparing him to a Heisman winner and you know cam newton obviously had a great nfl career.
0: definitely a, yeah a lot of respect coming from the utah sidelines going into this game
1: no, yeah, and I, th- I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the guy. You know, I think he's going to, you know, he's going to have to be the guy that takes over for this board team to kind of, you know, if they want to win this football game at home in front of their fans, I think he's going to have to be the guy that, that yeah. is kind of leading that charge. know, I think for Billy Napier, he's got obviously his running back from you know Louisiana that's coming yeah. over with him, um, and Monshall Johnson, yeah. and you know he had a solid year last year for that Louisiana team. And I think he's going to have to be an impact. In this game,
0: yeah, and I think that Napier has a history of just rotating running backs because they also have Wright, who it's his third year, right. yeah, it's his third year yep. at Florida. I would not be surprised to see them kind of rotating running backs in, in the game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he, I think he used, I think he had four running backs in Louisiana, with yeah. for 100 carries. So, I think we're gonna see a lot of running backs um out of florida one that i kind of hope we see i don't know if we'll see trevor etienne Mm -hmm. but he's the brother of travis etienne you know former clemson running back now jaguar running back i would love to see you know him playing this football game but yeah this florida team is going to be you know i think they're going to be a real big challenge for utah and i know they're not ranked you know i know utah's number seven in the nation and most people are looking at that like utah's gonna you know run through this florida team Mm because they're so high yeah. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think this Florida team is gonna be, I think they're gonna be motivated. Yeah. You know, opener in the swamp. You know, new coach. Yeah, you know, they're gonna be ready to play this football game.
0: And their yeah. wide receiver, they they got some targets. They're yeah. tall. I mean, Justin Shorter. Don't don't get confused by his name because he is not by any means short. He's six foot four, two hundred and twenty three pounds. He's definitely a red zone threat with that stature.
1: Definitely. And it's gonna be interesting to see what Utah cornerback lines up against him. I would Absolutely. assume it's gonna be Clarkville Paul How tall is he? But yeah, Clark's only like five eleven, I wanna say. So that's a yeah, that could be that's a big high advantage uh-huh. for Florida. So we'll see how they kind of, you know, use that matchup. But and then I think another big storyline is what this Florida defense is gonna do. Obviously, yep. They lost uh, um, Mo Diabate. Yeah, he literally transferred to Utah. Transferred to Utah. <laughs> so his first game in Utah is going to be against his former team in Florida. He led them in tackles last year. So we'll kind of see yeah. how they replace that production.
0: It's going to be hard to stop all those threats that Utah has. Actually, let's transition into talking about Utah 10-4 and four last year, 8-1 and one. conference, in conference, and they lost in the Rose Bowl. Struggled earlier in the year. I mean, they were 1-2, and two, lost to BYU and San Diego State, but that was under Charlie Brewer. Week 4, Cam Rising was named the starter, and they went 9-2 and two since then. I think they have lots of momentum from last year because they beat Oregon twice, won the Pac-12 championship, and gave Ohio State a run for their money in that Rose Bowl. It was one of the best football games I've ever watched in my life. And they are returning 17 of 22 starters, and one of those being Cam Rising. He is the team captain, dual-threat quarterback, what are your thoughts on Cam Rising?
1: Man, Cam Rising is a special, special football player, and it's not even what he does in the football field. It's what he does in the locker room, and all of his all of his fellow teammates have so much praise for how Cam Rising conducts himself. And I think that's what makes the, you know this Utah team so special this year is they got a quarterback who's going to lead them forward. He's going to be. Yeah, that's a, something that
0: Utah's has seemed to lack in the
1: past. Exactly. Yeah, and that's no that's no slight to you know Tyler Huntley yeah. or any of those. Oh yeah, before, But. I think Cam Rising can make plays in the air, can make plays on the ground, and I yeah. think he's really going to lead this football team into a do you special
0: think he should special be, year. Do you think the Rising should be in the, the Heisman conversation up. going into this year?
1: Um, as a Utah fan, I want to say yes. <laughs> I think it's hard because he's not going to have the passing numbers as some of the other quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, you know, We're talking about Stroud. And yeah, 40 teams, yeah, teams
0: that are just more passing-based.
1: I think Cam Rising's more of like a 25-ish – touchdown kind of player and you know unfortunately that's yeah. not going to get you the respect that you yeah. need in the nation but yeah I think he can definitely gain some respect by taking this Utah team to the swamp absolutely
0: and I think that his goal in the end is just win football games now oh, yeah. his eyes oh, isn't yeah. on the Heisman right. it's on a potential college football playoff run for this team because the Utes are stacked they have some running back versatility I mean they've we looked at the depth chart they have four what was it they named four as a starter or something?
1: They have four running backs and they put war next to each each yeah. one of them. And that means it's gonna be, you know, either Tavion Thomas or Chris Curry mm-hmm. or Jalen Glover or Mackay Bernard. You know, we're talking about four running backs that are gonna to touch the ball and they all have very different styles, and that's what makes this Utah team so dangerous.
0: Absolutely, and Tavion Thomas, he's obviously the one that produced the most last year, even though earlier in the year he was he was straight up benched, right? Because he had Bench because of fumbling. He fumbling, had fumbling yeah. issues, but he still produced eleven hundred yards, twenty one touchdowns. And then you got Makai Bernard. He's a great athlete. Witts, coach Coach Winningham said he can catch as as good as any of the receivers on the team. So I mean, different play styles between, between like all of the running backs. I mean, Chris Curry you got Jalen Glover, who's a four star true freshman, Florida native, native, out of Lakeland, Florida. Man, don't, don't even get me started with this tight end duo between the yeah. Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. Both could have entered the draft last year. I want to hear what you have to say about them.
1: Man, when they both decided to come back to Utah, that's when you already were signing Utah up for a special season because these are two very special players. Dalton Kincaid, when he was a, I think he was an FCS All-Ameri- All-American, mm-hmm. comes to Utah and just balls from San Diego. And he, he is such a dangerous, dangerous target. And Florida is going to need to know where he is on the field all the time. Absolutely. And then Brant Keithy is probably even more of an interesting tight end prospect because he's going to line up as a tight end. He's going to line up as a wide receiver, and he might even he might even get the ball to run as well. Yeah, which absolutely. is what makes sense. I would not
0: put it past. I mean, returning seventeen starters, they're going to have film on you. Might as well switch things up.
1: Exactly. He is versatile and he can do just about anything that Coach Winningham and Coach Ludwig are going to ask of him. Mm-hmm. So. This Utah team is dangerous. This is such a, a compelling matchup, and yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah, let's
0: talk about the defense. Morgan Scally. I mean, they lost their best defensive player, Devin Lloyd, but I mean, they're coming back strong with the secondary: in Clark, Clark Phillips, the third, Cole Bishop, obviously the Florida transfer, Diabate. And I don't know. I just they're healthy this year. I, I know everyone's just thinking about that Rose Bowl game and Njigba dropping 350 yards, but. He was literally being guarded by a running back.
1: A <laughs> Bernard, the best corner in Utah, a question mark. But, no, yeah. So, Utah's secondary is going to be the strength of this football team. Clark Phillips, the third, is going to be on one side. And then you're going to have um, Travis Brown on the other. And um, they're going to be pretty locked down on the outside. Cole Bishop's hopefully going to take a big step this year, as well as Junior Tafuna. So, this Utah team's stacked on defense. Yeah. I think they're stacked on offense. And I think this Florida game is what's going to really, you know, be the story. Yeah,
0: on the road with the humidity. I know that a lot of Florida fans are talking about that. We, we sound a little biased right now. Well, I, I course, don't I don't know. I just think that this Utah team is special. My prediction is that this game is going to be a fight. But I see Utah winning by 10 in the swamp. They're going to run the ball early, often often and effectively, opening up other options. I mean, tons of other weapons. We talked about the, the tight ends. And I think Cam Rising's a great quarterback. More importantly, he takes care of the football. He only had five interceptions last year on 320 attempts. And between that and the coaching battle, I think Napier, he's just, he's just a little young. And Witt's been on this stage before. I, I just see Utah taking care of business in the swamp against Florida.
1: Look, this is, this is going to be a real test for Napier because he's going to learn a lot about his football team week one in the swamp. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to need to lean on Anthony Richardson. I think if Anthony Richardson has a very, very good game, I think it's going to cause Utah a ton of problems. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got to get his wide receivers involved. He's got to get his running backs involved. He's got to get his tight ends involved. And, you know, he's got to break down this Utah defense that is going to throw a lot of different schemes at him. Um, And then for that Florida defense, they're going to have to be really stout and run mm-hmm. in run defense. They gotta stop the run and make Utah into a passing team. Absolutely. Utah's strength is definitely running the football. They can pass the ball. But they got they gotta turn Utah into a passing football team to be able to win this game in the swamp. I just don't think they're gonna be able to do it. You're gonna be seeing four different running backs, yeah. and I just don't think they can stop four different running backs and their different styles. I'm going Utah winning this one. We're gonna go for a very famous score. Alabama fans are gonna love this one. We're gonna go thirty-one to seventeen. Okay, wins by two scores.
0: Okay, I like that prediction. All right, so we went over the best games to look for this week. We're gonna go over ten more games to watch this weekend. Starting Thursday, we got West Virginia at Pitt. Um, Pitt seven and a half favorite. What do you think?
1: Yeah, classic uh, Big Twelve versus ACC. You know, Pitt coming off of that magical season. Obviously, they went to the near six bowl game. Uh, Pitt seven and a half I don't know Pitt at home Ranked team I kind of like Pitt in this one. Do, you, do you have them covering seven and a half? Mm, I'll make it uh,
0: yeah I'll have them covered Yeah I, I, I like Pitt as well wouldn't by a ten We also got Penn State at Purdue this is also on Thursday Penn State picked by three and a half
1: Man dude if Penn State was playing at home I would pick I would smash Penn State at three and a half but on the road at Purdue Purdue was actually pretty tricky last year they kind of upset it couple big teams and I that went
0: over Michigan State. But um I'll take I'll take Purdue at home. Today. Okay. You know, bold. Kind of upset first upset? First, first upset pick season. ever on the pod. I'll
1: take Purdue at home. Um, I don't know, maybe Penn State kind
0: of overlooks a little bit. Yeah, okay. I, I like I like Penn State in this game. I think they're just a solid program going into this first week. Let's transition to Saturday. We got UTEP. UTEP. At Oklahoma, ninth rank in the country. Oklahoma picked by 31 and a half.
1: Man, so UTEP was one of those weak zero teams against <laughs> North Texas, and uh, unfortunately came out with an L on that one. Um, yeah, I'm gonna smash Oklahoma on this one, and I probably have him winning by. You know,
0: 45, maybe. Even 50. This be a yeah. Big one for yeah, I like Oklahoma as well covering the spread. Let's move to number 23, Cincinnati, playing at number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas picked by six, even though Cincinnati just came off a playoff run season. Who you got in that game? Man, since um,
1: they lost so many of their great players to the NFL, it's going to be interesting to see how they replace them. Um, for this game. They're traveling to SEC country, playing
0: against Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas will cover. I
1: think Arkansas wins on a game-winning field goal. Ooh. Um,
0: over since there. Yeah, I like that as well. I, I I don't know about the line. I think Arkansas wins as well just by one score. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I do have Arkansas coming out on top in that game. Let's move to Utah State at number one, Alabama. Alabama picked up 41-and-a-half Utah State has already played week zero. They won against UConn. Who you got in that program? I'm guessing Bama. <laughs> oh, man,
1: upset of the century. Local Utah State. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, you know, Utah State local program. I think Utah State will actually have a decent season this year. They bring back um, Logan or their quarterback, but, you know, traveling to Alabama. Not many top teams <laughs> win at Alabama.
0: So it's like a – yeah.
1: State
0: to go there and win it exactly. That's like, that's like betting on the Powerball. But –
1: I don't know. I'll throw a wild card. I say Bama doesn't cover because forty one and a half is a huge line. Yeah, maybe, you
0: know, they did hard. look kind of. I don't. I don't know if you watched that game. Utah. They look kind of rough at the beginning. They kind of yeah. scraped together at the end and got the win against UConn. I I know that they were picked big against them. They did oh, not yeah. cover. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I obviously got Bama in this game. I think Utah State's can have a great season. They just came off Mountain West champions, but I mean you got to pick Bama at home season opener. <laughs> Let's talk about Boise State at Oregon State. This is a game I am looking forward to. Oregon State picked by three at
1: home. What are your thoughts? This is actually, this is a very interesting game because Boise State is a very good program. But um, I like Oregon State. You know, 6-0 at home last yeah. year, game in Oregon State. If we're talking about this game in Boise, maybe a different story. Um, I like Oregon State to maybe win this one, you know. We'll go by. We'll go by a touchdown. You
0: think Oregon it's close? State. You think they'll cover the three? Yeah, we'll cover the three. yeah I, I agree. I think Oregon State is just too good of a team in Corvallis. I think they get the win over Boise State. Now let's move to uh, number twenty-five BYU at South Florida. BYU picked by twelve. Who you got? Yeah, another local team.
1: Um, BYU at South Florida. I think this is a. Uh, this is a very interesting game for BYU. <laughs> I wonder if they're playing against humidity the yeah. same way that Utah is. This week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you know, according to those Floridians, yeah, they just they just think that humidity is part of the roster, I guess. So, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think BYU probably wins. Here
0: yeah, pretty easy. They do have a tough following two. I, I I agree. I think BYU um, wins against South Florida this weekend, but I think they play at Oregon week two, and then Baylor at Baylor. home. Yeah, so, I, I mean, they they need to win this game. They they're potentially an zero three team if they if they lose this first game against south florida anyways let's go to some sec acc we have florida state at lsu this is on sunday sunday actually yeah it's a little sunday action lsu picked by three at home you got sec or acc
1: um man i just don't know how good brian kelly's gonna do at lsu um there was rumors that he got quite the bag I think he got, like, a $100 oh, yeah. contract or Absolutely. like that. Maybe he's just in it for the money, because I don't know why he left <laughs> Notre Dame. That was country, the bread and man. butter. But Notre Dame, you know, he was doing so well up there Yeah. Um, in South Bend. I'm actually going to take Florida State in this one. Oh, really? Maybe.
0: They you know, do. They they, they already played. They played last weekend. Did they? Yeah, they, they did, did. And, and they won. They won? Yeah, yeah so you, oh, you no think a Florida State comes out 2-0? Florida
1: State having the week of uh, already playing one I'm gonna go Florida State over LSU. Oh
0: wow. In Baton Rouge. So a little bit of an upset there. Cool. I, I think I think LSU pulls through at home against Florida State. And I think I think they went by at least a touchdown. I just think LSU is too good of a program. They're both kind of rebuilding. They're, oh, yeah. they're both kind of a rebuilding team at this point. Anyways, let's transition to Monday night. We got Clemson at Georgia Tech. It's on ESPN at eight eight Eastern time. Who do you guys, number four Clemson taking on Georgia Tech on the road?
1: So no line on this one yet. Um, It'll be interesting to see what that line comes out to. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Clemson and Georgia Tech played at Clemson last year, and I think it was a close game. I don't know it was like 14 to 8 or something like that. But I think Clemson is going to have a huge rebound this year. So I don't
0: care. Yeah, we we, kind of had some playoff talk earlier and yeah I think it. I, I think, think yeah, could yeah Clemson could be that team game. this year. I mean ACC their their schedule looks pretty easy.
1: Um yeah they got they got just those big games against NC State
0: and yeah. Lake Forest. And NC State um, is looking pretty good this year, so that will be a challenge.
1: So but yeah I think I think Clemson runs the table. Probably wins the ACC and I yeah. think Clemson I don't care what the line is. I'm a, I think
0: they cover. Yeah. I think I, they I win pretty easy. Yeah, you don't care what the line is, they, they just don't. cover. So, so even yeah, if it's gonna, like 70 they I cover. Think yeah, they're gonna, absolutely. I think they're Sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Brock on this. So I think that Clemson's going to win a Monday night, and I think that Clemson will have a great season. That actually transitions into our next topic. Let's talk about little way too early playoff predictions. Who do you got, top four?
1: Man, um, this one's a little bit tough this year because, you know, we do got our hometown youths <laughs> yeah. in the conversation. But I personally actually don't think they make it this year. Um, I think they drop two, just a it's just a silly game yeah. on the road. But I think my top four, I'm going with Ohio State as the best team in the country. Wow. I think Alabama. Do You think Bama will
0: drop a game? You don't think they're on the table? I team?
1: think Bama will drop a game. I don't know where that game will be dropped. But I think Bama will drop a game. But I think it will be early enough that they rebound and still finish number two. So I'm going Ohio State, Bama, and then Clemson. I think Clemson you know, wins the ACC and Clemson might even be a little bit higher. You could argue you that Clemson
0: is. You, so you, they'll run the table?
1: Yeah, they'll run the table. Clemson, oh. I'm going to go Ohio State 1, Clemson 2, Bama 3, and then I think Texas A&M finds a way to sneak in. Wow. Don't know how, but I think yeah. they'll be those fourteen.
0: So you think they'll – because they play Bama regularly. They play season. Bama mid <laughs> midseason. So you think Bama will beat them?
1: Maybe, maybe Texas A&M gets that win over Bama.
0: Back-to-back years because I know they did win at home this previous year yes but they do have a big recruiting class coming in this year but
1: that yeah that would be those would be my fourth Um, two sec teams getting in from the same division too which is also
0: interesting yeah which is which is pretty common two sec teams but it's usually bama and georgia and that kind of leads into my predictions i think that bama is going to be number one ohio state number two i got georgia at three and i'm kind of it's like 50 50 between like me wanting utah to just just I know there's a little bias there, but I think Utah could have that season. I think they're a one-loss team.
1: They have the schedule to do it.
0: They do have the schedule to do I think that they beat USC at home, but I, I, I agree. I think that they, they have Oregon on the road. That's a tough game. You know, they have – who else? Yeah, PG. exactly, and they have Arizona. I do think that they drop one of those silly games, but I think they're a one-loss team, and they sneak their way into the playoff as long as being Pac-12 champions. But I don't know. Baylor looks like one of those teams as well. I think Baylor could potentially Baylor, be one of those one-loss team. teams. I think it's a toss-up between those two. I, I think you flip a coin, and I either got Utah or Baylor in there. But I think, th- I think the top three in the AP right now is a lock. Those are, I, d- I don't see Ohio State really dropping. I, I think Alabama's too good. They bring back, bring back Bryce Young as as, long, as well as uh, the, the defend, defense. On that crew, and I don't know i just i just don't see it happening
1: i think I think my dark horse team for the playoff that doesn't that really shouldn't be a dark horse team is Notre dame, but I just think they're scheduled
0: yeah, it's too just tough. too i
1: mean way they, too tough,
0: and they play u s c on the road just to finish the season
1: u s c on the road they got b y u on that neutral side game in las Vegas, yeah, um they got you know, the Arizona opening game, yeah, ohio state, i just think. For an independent team to get in, I think they have to be literally perfect. Yeah. And I just don't think game can do it. Yeah. But they could be a dark horse team. Maybe they do run the table, sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. If I
0: wouldn't do. be surprised either. Okay, last topic before we wrap things up on our first episode. Heisman prediction. Just, just give me one. If you can, well, narrow it down.
1: I've... I don't know. I, this is a really hot take because not many wide receivers have done it.
0: And Jigba. I
1: don't think Stroud or Young will win it. Really, because neither of them have great seasons. I just think Smith and Jigba is going to go for a historic season. Wow, better than Devonte Smith did a couple years ago. Dang. I'm going Jackson Smith and Jigba. Dude and
0: dropped 350 gosh. yards on our Utes, and he just has the highest expectations for him. All of a sudden, that's crazy. I
1: think I think he just goes for yeah. I think Smith
0: when that dude gets August yeah.
1: Had a 20, it was 20 something touchdown season. I think Smith and Jigba goes for
0: 25 touchdowns. Wow, team. Hot take, hot take. But steam when that and take. yeah, steaming, absolutely steaming take. When that dude gets out, in like across the field, I mean, terrifying. he is so fat, terrifying. I mean, we saw it firsthand from our team. I think the Stroud gets it done this year. I don't, I don't think Bryce Young goes back to back. I just think that's, I think he's gonna put up like you said, like just crazy Worth. amount. Of number, i think I think 4,500 yards. And I don't know, I just think you take I don't I don't think that they will vote Bryce Young back to back.
1: I think yeah, I think Bryce Young is just playing at a huge disadvantage because one, he's gotta do better than he did last year. Yeah. And like last year's his stats were insane. So he's gotta one do better than he did last year, and he has to hope that Stroud doesn't have an insane season yeah. as well. Or else it's just gonna be way too hard yeah. to, you know, pick Stroud or to pick Young over Stroud. Mm-hmm. So I think I think my rankings would be Smith
0: and Jigba one, Stroud two, Young three. Okay. Wow, to Ohio State. Top two. Wow. Hot take. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our first episode. We'll be coming up with something. We're, we're going to record something in Gainesville on Sunday after the games, and we'll kind of let you guys know what we're seeing. We hope that our predictions are right. We hope you enjoy our first episode. But, yeah, appreciate it. I think that's a wrap for the – first episode of the the play action pod but we're we're gonna stay consistent with us with this and yeah we appreciate you guys tuning in one
1: episode down
0: one episode down many more to come all right well we'll see you guys sunday thank you